Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. And let's get social, Emer. Yes. Oh, I'm a happy camper. It's Friday. Have you got that Friday feeling, Philip? I always have a Friday feeling. Friday is my favorite day of the week. Fab Friday. How many fabs Fs can we get into this particular interview, Emer? Coffee have you had this morning? <laughs> I am really worried about that, you know. Um, another thing actually I find interesting this week, I've started using a new app, but you can get it on desktop as well. It's called Notion. Have you heard of it, Philip? I don't, but I have a notion you're going to tell me all about it. Yeah. Um, it's actually great for things like taking notes. You know the way like you're out somewhere and you can have in your, and you, you go, oh, I must look that up, add a link in there, say something you want to share on yeah. your social media, you have it there to hand. Great yeah. for tasks, you know, putting things together and keeping uh, on track with things. Uh, project management, if you're out there and you need to be, you know, you're working with a team, it's, it's great for all that. And hey, it might even be good for, and I can't believe I'm saying this, joke management. Yes. Um, I actually use Evernote for my joke management, but I will definitely check out Notion to see what uh, what wonders that brings. But uh, And speaking of jokes, I did delve into the Evernote file, and I've come did up you? with an excellent joke uh, for you today, Emer. Ah, so you've got a notion of a better joke at this stage? Well, certainly I have notions of trying to make you laugh. So uh, let's I see. Think if we more than, I think you have other <laughs> notions, but anyway, <laughs> really. So. Well, let's crank this on now, Emer. Uh, here's the joke. Are you ready? Are you sitting down? Yeah, I'm having to sit down. Yeah, I'm going to sit down for this one. <laughs> okay. You'll probably have to lie down after listening to this. <laughs> so, oh. Okay, here it goes. So what do hippies and SEOs have in common? Hmm. That's an interesting one. I don't know. What do they have in common? Hey, man, we have a love for anything organic. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, well, sure. Hey, what about organic organic content? Oh, I hope you don't have a big organic reach on that one. But anyway, all I can say as ever is if you find today's social media joke engaging, I am lost words, and you love more of them. I have to listen to these every week. Please do listen in. Uh, you're in luck. You can catch Philip's previous social media jokes and indeed all our other shows he said earlier on uh, Let's Get Social Show on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and on the Dublin South M- FM website. And I'm still lost That's- for words. <laughs> Absolutely. You can't, even get the, can't even get the Dublin South FM website correct. FM. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, anyway, you know, without further ado, we are delighted because we have a really interesting guest with us today. Uh, and we're going to dive into something that a lot of people, um, I think, actually forget about. They're so interested in the wonderful content, getting other channels. But when you actually think about it, understanding the analytics and particularly Google mm. analytics, you know, as they say, to measure is to know. But it can be a bit scary for people. So I, I'm really interested in seeing um, a bit more on this, you know, because uh, no, people go check your analytics and they're going, huh? <laughs> well, well, that's it, you know, and I think, as I said, you know, if you know what content is working and what's happening on your site and you're looking at your analytics, it allows you to actually get better driven. And I think my joke today is going to see an analytics traffic spike in our literature. Uh, I, I don't know. I wonder how our guests will measure your joke. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, hopefully, yeah. hopefully favorably. But speaking mm. of our guest today, we are delighted. We are joined by Joanne Carney, who is the managing director of Globe Metrics, and they are the only Google Analytics, Google Tag Manager, Google Data Studio, and Google Optimized for Certified Partner in Ireland. I will jumble my words. <laughs> and Joanne specializes in search strategy, conversion optimization, economic. Why did you have to use all these big words, uh, Joanne, in your, in your bio? Where did you find uh, it? I don't know. Economometric modeling, web analytics. My goodness, I tell you. Uh, an experienced trainer, you've developed many customized corporate training schemes and you regularly speak at digital analytics events across our own UK. So after I need a glass of water after that intro, Joanne, <laughs> very welcome to Let's Get Social. Thank you, Philip. Um, I'm not sure where that uh, came from. It, it sounds like content from a while ago, but um, yeah, most of it is still true, thankfully. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for having me on the show. Um, and I'm looking forward to getting involved with it today. Yeah. And uh, oh, Joanne, it's great to have you here. Um, another Northern woman. So, uh, Philip, I'm sorry, you know, two against one. Um, so, show this, this happened to me. So, uh, <laughs> thanks, Eva. Third one. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, right. yeah. <laughs> we're taking over. Oh, we yeah. are, we are. And um, I was going to say, um, we always start off with asking our guests their opinion of our social media comedian. Hey, is oh, there a metric for that? <laughs> <laughs> Zero conversions. <laughs> yeah. Conversion maybe, strategy maybe, could be yeah. improved. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get a we'll get a few pointers uh, as we go along today, um, Philip. Yeah. So you know, exactly. Yeah, no, so. not bad, not bad. Oh, okay. At least we got a small chuckle. That's the main thing. Yeah. But listen, Joanne, we're going to kick it off because uh, obviously this is a very interesting topic, and I think it is a topic that a lot of businesses, I suppose, kind of gloss over and forget just how mm. critical mm-hmm. kind of looking at your analytics and particularly your Google Analytics is. Mm-hmm. So I suppose, can you, can you explain, you know, how you help businesses use their Google Analytics account better? Yeah, of course. So um, what a lot of people will, I suppose, mostly focus on is the digital marketing side and making sure the traffic is brought to the site. Um, but what that causes as well, and I suppose with a, an increased investment in uh, digital, especially during um, COVID or since COVID has happened, um, what this produces is a huge amount of data. Um, and what sometimes happens is people will log in to their Google Analytics account see just be overwhelmed by a huge amount of data and not really know where to start with it and how to interpret it, how to analyze it, how to use it. Um, What a lot of people then as a result of that revert to do is look at the top line stats and I suppose without digging deep into it to try and understand the stories behind why something might have increased or decreased or um, sometimes there's a lack of understanding around the metrics that they're looking at as well. Um, So I suppose that's our overall aim and that's our objective um, is to to help businesses use that data better, to help them understand it better, to help them add to it as well. Um, Google Analytics can give you a lot of information and it's always a good start to kind of break down the data that it does give you. Um, But there's other tools out there which, you know, I, I might refer to today that can actually allow you to add more data and while that's doing I suppose again going against what I have initially said which is people get too overwhelmed with the amount of data 
sometimes actually adding layers of data to try and understand audiences better, to put labels on people, um, can in effect um, help you um, understand the data that's collected in Google Analytics. So um, essentially that's what we try to do and we help to um, visualize customer stories through it. Um, so while that sounds like a, a mouthful, um, what we try to do is make it easier for um, businesses to understand who their customers are and how to, using those stories that they can pull from Google Analytics, how to make their marketing performance better and uh, allow their website to perform better as well. Very good. Like just a quick question, actually, mm-hmm. on that, Joanne, if you don't mind, um, because some of myself and Emer, we always kind of would chat about, uh, especially from the the social media strategy side, is the whole that whole kind of I suppose element of customer personas, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you found in your experience that when you've done a say a, a dive in a client's analytics, that potentially mm-hmm. it's thrown up customer groups or customer segments that were never even thought of um, from a customer persona point? Yeah. So. In some cases, so if if we look at, say, someone, an e-commerce site and they're selling multiple products, um, there's probably um, common or similarities between someone who purchases, say, a a product um, which is an accessory versus maybe a product which is, say, a piece of clothing. Um, And you can build different customer types based on the certain products that people look at. Um, but of course, you're going to get that gray area where people might buy multiple products um, and their journeys are going to vary quite differently from that. So what we try to do is look at the more obvious customer stories to, to begin with, but um, then the more complex one for multiple purchases or for people who come back multiple times before they purchase. So really looking at, um, not really looking at it on a product level, but on a behavior level in terms of the paths that people take um, Mm -hmm. throughout the site and the frequency and recency of their visits as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a bit more deeper than just in terms of, you know, a page view um, model where you're looking at uh, customer um, buckets. Um, Sometimes some of the metrics pull out you know, other customer buckets within that as well, which can be quite interesting because um, obviously there's multiple um, journeys that people will make to a site and depend on the product that they want to buy. Um, Some research um, can be longer or shorter than others. So we normally look at it from a bird's eye view in terms of how the site is set up to begin with. But then within that, the the behavior of those journeys can sometimes throw out different customer stories um, and customer buckets or cohorts that people haven't considered before. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting well, because yeah. you're, you know, um, you're trying to sort of market or be seen by the people that you hope will become a customer of yours. Um, and if your analytics are telling you a different story, that's that that is something that you know people maybe don't think about. Um, mm-hmm. So, like for say a small business owner that might haven't really deep dived, as you would say, into Google Analytics. If they're going to say on it for the first time, what's the first thing they should do? Well, I, I always say, and you know, I've said this for, for years now, but it still stands. Um, and one of the main things you can do is set a key performance indicator. Um, now, unfortunately, when you set up a Google Analytics account, you're not prompted to do this, but... 
there is um, in the settings of Google Analytics a way to tell um, or to set a KPI or a goal um, mm-hmm. for your website. And I think that's one of the relatively easy things that can be done. Um, it's not automatically provided as part of the, or you're not automatically prompted to do it as part of the setup of a Google Analytics account. So a lot of people kind of miss that step. And I think that's one of the most important things um, to do because whenever you are looking at Google Analytics data, um, what you're always trying to determine is cause and effect and what's working and what's not working. So essentially you can spend more of your time on things that do work. And without some type of goal set up, um, you, it will take you quite a while to work out, you know, what's really performing versus what's not performing. Mm -hmm. So there's different types of goals. And again, some people, um, don't think about setting up goals because they say, well, I don't have an e-commerce site, so there's nothing, you know, I'm not making revenue on my site. I'm not looking at a conversion rate that's linked to revenue. Um, so there's there's no point having a goal set up, but there's actually engagement type goals. So you don't necessarily have to be an e-commerce website to um, be able to track against goals. Maybe you want to track against um, maybe an objective is getting people to your site and getting them to download a brochure. That can be a goal. Maybe getting someone to the site to um, play a video on a new product range. That can be a goal. Data capture in any way. So getting people to, to sign up to a newsletter, to enter a competition. Even in terms of engagement, getting people to dwell longer on your site, getting them to view more pages. Mm-hmm. If you produce a lot of content, um, Essentially, what you're hoping to do is get more people engaging with that content, getting them staying longer on your site and encouraging them to read more content. So even something as simple as that can be set up as a goal. And what that then benefits you um, is the ability to look at any of your reports or the majority of your reports and see how many people have actually completed a conversion, completed something that you want them to do. Um, it doesn't cost you to, to set up goals, um, and they can be set up relatively easy um, under the, the settings of your Google Analytics account. So having at least a goal to pinpoint or even to be able to benchmark your performance um, from one month to another, one day to another, one year to another, um, it's a really good starting point for smaller business. But like I said, don't be afraid if it's not an e-commerce site, don't be afraid to choose other more engagement type goals on your site because it's very rare that someone will have a site without a, a KPI or an action that someone performs on it that they can't track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a really easy, quick way to um, to see, you know, what is working, what's not, whether that's keywords that you're looking at, whether it's traffic sources, whether um, it's looking at how influential a page is at getting people um, to actually fill out a contact form. There's lots of really good benefits of goals, and that's one of probably the most commonly overlooked things that people can use, but is most useful in a Google Analytics account. Yeah, because I always say like data, data is your friend, you know, um, if you, if things, if you ignore that, you're, you're, you're actually making it harder for you to sort of, as you say, find out what's working on and then look at the things that are not working. 
Exactly. And it's then you're able to reflect that in the resources and the time that you spend in certain areas. Yeah. Um, because, you know, even if you're running, say, a Facebook campaign or a Google Ads campaign, if, if you're not looking at that right the way through to, well, what did they actually do on the site through the use of analytics mm-hmm. uh, or through the use of Google Analytics? Um, you know, I always go back to the example of people that don't want to spend money on a keyword because it's too expensive. But again, it's if you're only isolating yourself to look at click-through rates and um, cost for clicks, uh, some of the most expensive keywords could actually be the ones that drive conversions on your site. So it's always good to have that at least set up. So, you know, analytics kind of sits as a central basis to understand, mm-hmm. you know, what has actually performed well in, in driving something that actually means something rather than, you know, just trying to get as much traffic or uh, the cheapest traffic as possible. Um, Google Analytics can tell you a lot. And as I say to people, um, it won't always tell you a good story. Um, it said that it will tell you anything if you interrogate it enough. And you can, in some ways, you know, um, look for the stories that make you look really good. But another tip that I always say to people is don't look for the stories that make you look good. You can add those in, but mm. where you're really going to actually have change management or or do something different is trying to work out you know being hard on yourself and working out the things that actually you can hold your hand up and say this didn't work um but actually this is what I'm going to do as a result of it and sometimes google analytics um while it's sometimes hard to look at because it doesn't give you the story that you um maybe were asking for it um is a good way to you know, propel you to do something different because maybe it hasn't it hasn't worked. Um, and sometimes if you're only looking at ad interfaces, they give you maybe uh, a story or maybe only half the story, um, mm-hmm. which I suppose analytics is good because it gives you more of a, a wider view of the actual value that it's driving, especially, again, if you're looking at campaigns that are taking people to... Um, or you're investing in campaigns that are taking people to your website. So so basically what you're saying is, Joanne, I've got to hold my hand up for today's joke because that really <laughs> is shoddy and poor. Yeah. And the analytics are going to prove that. <laughs> the conversion <laughs> so, rate. The conversion rate <laughs> to the listenership of the show. <laughs> I understand <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, like, obviously, you mentioned, as a source, that I think an awful lot of businesses, you know, forget to do is the KPI uh, set up mm. a goal kind of from the off as opposed to mm. just maybe creating a goal for the point of view of ways we have this campaign. Um, is there other kind of issues that you see when you first look at a client's account uh, that mm. people fall into the trap of? Yeah, I suppose one of the the things that has got even more important now because there's an increase in this um, is bot traffic. So there is, again, in the settings and, you know, sometimes I would always advise people to, to take a look at your settings, first of all, before you even look at your Google Analytics reports, because there's certain things under admin um, in the settings of your Google Analytics account that you can, I suppose, use to clean your data, first of all. Um, so it's better quality then when it comes out um, in the reports. And one of the things that's really easy to do, it's just to tick in a box, but you can filter out known bots and spiders. 
And there's been, you know, over the years, I think every year, you know, we've seen more and more bot traffic. And this is essentially like an automated visit to your site that is not useful um, or that's not an actual person or is not a customer. Um, and what pe- some people will come to us and say, well, I've got all of this um, direct traffic or I've got these really random referrals. And when I look at them, um, maybe there's only uh, a minute uh, duration and one page per visit. And that's a sure sign that um, your, uh, some of your traffic is bot traffic. Um, now, if you simply tick the box, um, it'll filter out those bots and spiders that Google Analytics know of. Um, it doesn't filter them out. Um, it doesn't filter all or every single bot to your site out, but it certainly can help um, filter out the uh, the majority of them. Now, there are other ways to, you know, if you detect a, a bot from, say, a referral site, you can filter that out as well in other ways. Mm-hmm. But for it being as simple as ensuring that that box is ticked, um, that'll filter out a good lot of bot traffic. So again, that's another kind of something that's stuck in the settings that it's always good to check. Um, yeah. And I suppose just in in terms of filtering out traffic as well, another thing that is quite an uh, easy thing to do is filter out internal traffic, um, which again is something that you know we would do as part of kind of cleaning up an account um if you know every fifth visit to your website is you or your web developer or an agency coming to your site mm-hmm. um to check different things that's not traffic that you want to be looking at or or analyzing as part of your customer stories so that's another thing if you get you know if you have a ip address that is for internal employees or that can be applied to internal employees filtering that out as well Mm -hmm. is a way of again cleaning your data um and one of the things that you know we're talking about filters and kind of configurations in the account um i suppose another thing that we do to um, make sure that the account set up well is you can actually create a duplicate view of your report. So say when you set up an analytics account, you've got by default one view. You can actually set up a duplicate view of that. And I would always recommend to do that and have one view that you don't change that's simply the raw data. So it includes possibly spots, it'll include internal traffic, maybe no goals will be set up on it. And then you've got your second one, which um, you use all the time. And that's where you've you know created your goals and you've filtered out certain traffic. Um, because it's extremely hard if someone came in or if you came in and deleted um, that view, you've 35 days to recover that view. But if you don't recover like your Google Analytics reports in, in 35 days, you lose them completely. Um, right. So that's just a, a good way to be a little bit more sure that, you know, if something or if you add a wrong filter or a wrong IP um, mm. to a certain uh, view of your Google Analytics account, you're always going to have the raw one there at just kind of as a, a backup. Mm. Um, so when I talk about, you know, filtering out traffic, I would also say, you know, at the same time, let's set up a raw view, which is the duplicate of what you have at the minute, but just doesn't, has none of that kind of configuration. So you can always go back to like one raw view. 
Yeah. So, so you're saying that could be a major mistake that people would make then, or would there, when it comes to Google Analytics, because it is a scary topic for a lot mm. of people. Um, what would you say is the most commonly asked question? Would it be about having duplicate reports mm. um, or would it be something else? It tends to not be kind of on the configuration size. It more tends to be about the metrics. Um, okay. And a commonly asked question is, um, how can we benchmark the performance of our site? Or, um, you know, what should my bounce rate be? Um, and bounce rate is one of those yeah. metrics that's commonly asked about. And it's probably the one that is maybe least understood. Uh, um, and I think... You know, sometimes that can be related back to the fact that Google Analytics have called it a bounce rate because it indicates that someone's came to your site and just simply bounced. Um, but, you know, even with metrics like bounce rate, um, that's a single page visit. And in some cases, people have a high bounce rate, but it's not necessarily a bad thing because someone could come to your site and um, be on that page, got the information that they need and then leave and then maybe on a return journey, come back and then convert. Mm. Um, so I think the sometimes the metrics themselves and um, people maybe trying to, to understand exactly what they are, but also then benchmarking um, what should my site be? Is this conversion rate good? Um, now there's benchmarking reports that are available in the audience report in Google Analytics, which you can use. But um, they you benchmark your stats against sites that are in a similar industry um, that are using Google Analytics and that are a similar size and potentially in the same region as well. Now, the more attributes you add to benchmark against the less likely you're going to get benchmarking stats. Mm -hmm. But um, what I would say is you can use your benchmarking reports, but you don't know who you're being benchmarked against. So in some cases, people might say, well, I want to benchmark my site and you can select it in the report against this size um, in this industry. But um, because you don't know who you're being benchmarked, against mm -hmm. um, not every business that has Google Analytics will opt into their site being benchmarked against either um, take the the stats on the benchmarking reports with a pinch of salt what I say is what would be more useful is to benchmark your own site stats against one another so if you've done nothing in the first six months of the year um, and then you're going to maybe change a couple of elements on your site or redevelop your site, use the data that you have collected already and use that as a benchmark to always try and improve on. So whether you're looking at how long people spend on the site, how many pages they view, even in terms of user trends and page view trends, um, look at what you had in previous months and use your own site stats um, to try and always do better um, with those rather than, you know, looking at the, the benchmarking reports and analytics, which are okay. But again, because you don't really know who you're being compared against, it's, it's quite, um, the, the industries can be quite generic. Um, mm. It's wise to use a little bit of both, but I'd veer more on the um, your own site stats and trying to compare them. Um, 
So just yeah. uh, just keep an eye on things. And as we're talking about bounce rates, what is like a good bounce rate and what's not a good bounce rate then? I mean, just so people have an idea. Yeah, it really depends on your site. Um, you know, it's hard because what I would always say is never look at a bounce rate site-wide because so many things can impact it. So say if someone came to your site and then they clicked off the social and that opened up in the same tab, that's a bounce rate. Um, but again, they're, they're going to another social channel to engage with your brand further. So it's not necessarily always a bad thing if it's high. Um, I would always say to, or always recommend um, to look at it in a page-by-page basis because at a site-wide level, it's hard to know. Say, for example, the contact page could be a really highly visited site but that could be one which has a really high bounce rate. But a contact page in the nature of it is if someone's looking for your contact details, they search on Google, they uh, organically see um, a link to your contact page, click on it, get the details they need and then leave. Mm-hmm. If that, that page is going to ha- naturally have a high bounce rate. Um, so if your if a lot of your site traffic is is made up of page views from that page it's naturally going to be higher um if you look at um the page report in google analytics and look at the bounce rate per page that will give you a better indication whether it's a good bounce rate or not because alongside bounce rate you can see how long someone spent on that page as well so Like I was saying before, if someone gets to a page on your site and they could be spending 20 minutes on that page and then leave it, Mm -hmm. and that could still be considered as a bounce. Mm -hmm. So if you look at your page report and you see a lot of blog pages that have a really high bounce rate, but you might find that the average time on page alongside that is 15, 20, uh, 25 minutes, Mm -hmm. then it's okay to have a bounce rate, you know, that is relatively high compared to the others for those blog pages because people might come in, read the last article and then leave, but they might come back two days later, read the next um, article and then leave. So it's really trying to understand that on a page-by-page basis. Watch your bounce rate on for our page. How does that compare to how long they've actually spent? Um, and that will give you a good indication as to whether a bounce rate is expected or not. But I mean, if we're if we're talking about really general stats, you know, I would say 20 to 30% is probably a really common um, bounce rate for if we're looking at site-wide. But again, it, it just depends on the site. I mean, if you have a site and it has, it's a one-pager site, so yeah. you click on an element and it just moves down the page to like another element of that page. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time that's not tracked as another page view. So what it means is like if you had a, a one-page website okay there was multiple elements on it that if you click you move further down the page yeah that that site will probably have a hundred percent bounce rate on it or could potentially have a hundred percent bounce rate so it's kind of one of those metrics that um i wouldn't look at site-wide but look at it in page by page basis ask yourself if someone gets here if they've entered the site and got to this page um, do I expect them to click on another page? If I do, and it's got a high bounce rate, then that's not a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. But if they potentially have got the information that they need, 
um, and maybe clicked off to Amazon to purchase something mm-hmm. um, and it has a high bounce rate, that's okay because essentially they're getting to that page, they're clicking off to Amazon, they're exiting the site. Brilliant. So I know um, it's not the kind of common answer that you'd like or the common kind of, um, there's not like a, a one benchmark kind of to go for, but um, with bounce rate, I would look at it page by page. Um, yeah. no, it's, that's good advice, Joanne. Like I think... Um, like there is that that kind of that sort of misnomer around bounce rate, and I think mm-hmm. exactly as you said, I think you have to look at it in context, you know. And I think going yeah. down by a page by page basis, because you know, um, looking at all of the various factors that you have in play, I think gives you a much more winded uh, view. You know, like mm-hmm. analytics is great because obviously you get to see uh, things like how um, how you're acquiring people to come to the site. You're able to drill down to see what channels are bringing it, the referral sites, demographic, mm-hmm. age groups. You know, what are the, what are the kind of aspects that you kind of see are not used a lot in Google Analytics, but kind of people should maybe explore? Um, so I, I mentioned that goals was one of the main things yeah. um, to use. Um, one of the things that I suppose could be, or we find that um, isn't used as much as it probably should be, is you can link your AdWords to your analytics account and use remarketing lists. Mm. So you can build a remarketing list in analytics and use that in Google AdWords. So if you're running a Google Ads campaign and you want to target a particular ad of people who've been to your site but maybe and seen a product but haven't purchased it, mm. um, it's very easy to, to do that. So using remarketing lists through Brilliant. Google Ads um, mm. is one just as you do way. for Facebook, you know, so uh, with the Facebook yeah. retargeting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But with Google Ads, because the accounts are linked, there's no additional tracking that you need to install, um, which is really good news to, to lots mm. of uh, marketing people. Um, so it's a really, it makes it easy for marketers to run, uh, I suppose, remarketing campaigns through mm. clever lists that can be built in analytics. Um, there's another thing that um, is really useful as well, and it's a thing called annotations. Um, and annotations is where you can make notes on your Google Analytics graphs. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, yeah. they're across a number of different reports, but they're always available from the audience overview um, in the trend line graph. In the middle of that, there's an arrow. Um, which points down. If you click on that, you can create speech bubbles and tie a particular comment to a day. And I find that really useful, especially if there's multiple agencies that are doing marketing and people see a massive spike or a massive dip in traffic. Um, If there's anyone who's performing any type of action that they think will um, increase or change their Google Analytics trended data and if you add note into the account it means that anyone else that's coming in to look at that account can understand um you know kind of at a bird's eye view what happened on that day to make the site increase traffic by 50 percent or you know sometimes web developers will use annotations if there's a scheduled um maintenance of the site and the site's down for a couple of hours and that might skew um, the Google Analytics results, um, they can put a note in there to say, on that day between these hours, um, the site was down or if there was any problems with the site. So 
Um, annotations is a good way to, again, help with that cause versus effect um, story that you're um, yeah. always looking for. I've seen that work well with, say, when you're doing new product launches. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're launching, um, say, online or even a physical product and you're seeing, but you're generating, you're, you're driving to the to the website, et cetera. Um, yeah. And you can put an annotation into, kind of say, listen, we, uh, this is when we start to launch and promote. Mm-hmm. We may need to look at our annotations, Emer, to see if my jokes are driving traffic <laughs> yeah. around. I think <laughs> so, I, I keep trying uh, to hide the data, but you know, yourself. So, so, so I don't want to give him a big head. Um, actually, you know, this is another area that I, I say sometimes to people is like, do you ever think about your um, KPIs? And they look at me and they go, what are those? And mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad you're on today, Joanne, because you can give a, a little bit more of a broader uh, definition on it. But uh, uh, KPIs being your key performance indicators. Um, could you give us some examples? Examples when it comes to uh, generally regarding Google Analytics or even in the setup in Google Analytics? Yeah, um, so in the setup of, um, of goals, you have four different options. Um, you have one that is based on people getting to a particular page on your site. Okay. So commonly that's used as, you know, say the thank you page after someone has signed up to do something or after they've mm-hmm. um, purchased a product. You've got time on site and pages per visit. So you can set a benchmark as a goal there. So okay. people view more than a certain number of pages or spend a certain length of time on site. Um, then you can track that as a goal. And then the other one is an event-based goal where um, it's interactions that people make that don't generate another page. So for mm-hmm. example, like a PDF download, which is you know, a click on a button or a click on a button to play a video, that can be, that's an event-based goal. Um, so those, those are the four different types of goals that you can use. But, um, you know, when you're looking at KPIs, I suppose it, it generally, um, there's lots of different KPIs that you can choose. But when you're looking at your analytics reports from an e-commerce point of view, um, some of the things that, we would veer clients towards is um, how much did people spend um, if they purchased, mm-hmm. how many items did they purchase, what the conversion rate was, what revenue was generated. Um, even we can get deeper than that and look at things like um, for some e-commerce businesses, it might be trying to work out how long it took people to get through the funnel so you come up like a certain point in time that people start from when they um, look at a product and um, how long it takes people to get through the funnel. And sometimes that's a good in terms of seconds or minutes, but that's a good way to try and do an analysis as to whether the funnel is actually working. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can build kind of ratios as well. So for how many, what's a checkout or the view to checkout ratio, what's a checkout to purchase ratio. Um there are KPIs that an e-commerce business would normally look at. And then okay. I mentioned that for non-e-commerce businesses, it doesn't mean that you don't have a KPI to go off. You could look at, um, again, pages, how many pages people view on your site on average, how long do they spend. Even non-sales-based goals like the conversion rate for um, PDF download, the conversion rate of a contact form fulfillment, even um, like some people's objectives or some companies' objectives might be getting people to use a chat function on the site rather than 
picking up and phoning maybe because it's a cheaper way to to manage that in-house mm-hmm. um so even that could be a kpi um at least you have a metric that you can measure uh, chat interaction with um and then you or can others see, might i was gonna say then you can see what's working the best for exactly yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then other things like scroll depth is another KPI that, again, non-e-commerce businesses might use. And that's looking at how far people actually scroll down the page. So for people that produce a lot of content, especially blog content, mm-hmm. you might want to know, you know, was the for a particular blog page, what are the types of blogs or what are even the lengths of blogs that people read or do people only get to, on average, 50% of the page and then they leave? Um, so scroll depth is another important metric, I suppose, or KPI that you can use to determine you know, how successful your content is at encouraging people to read the full thing rather than just so, 20 So you could, actually, you could have started out writing, say, quite long blogs and then realize yeah. that isn't really working. So you could reduce the size and maybe if, there, if it's a shorter blog, then that would probably work better for your audience. Exactly. Yeah. So some people start off with long blogs and then they look at their scroll depth and realize that people only read or there's only um, 50% of the page that's visible um, Mm -hmm. on average to users. And they have maybe a call to action at the very bottom of their blog. So, you know, you can't expect, I suppose, a high conversion rate from that. You might need to, as you say, shorten the blog and then the conversion rate generally will increase then as a result of that. But it's, I suppose, building that data to, to work out, you know, on a page by page basis or for most of the important pages, how much of the content are people actually seeing? And if your your conversion rate is particularly low, one of the reasons might be is because people just aren't bothering to read long-winded blog articles. So in other words, no boring material. No. <laughs> And no, yeah. and no boring jokes, Philip. Mm, <laughs> you know? that, is, that is put in my annotation. Thank you. <laughs> Fine. That has been duly noted on my okay. annotation. Okay. I'm just worried he's going to bring out some sort of lead generation ebook on jokes. And uh, I'd love to see the data on that now. But anyway. You never know. It might, might spike mm. the traffic downwards. You never know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, The other thing I wanted to ask you was a while back, GDPR was the scary word, scary term. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that have any implications in regard to your Google Analytics? You know, should people be concerned about that when it comes to data? Yeah, it's it's a good question um, and it is very important. So obviously Google Analytics, like many other products, work on the basis of being able to drop cookies on mm-hmm. a user's machine on their browser. And one of the things where Google Analytics can't track a user is if you um, decide not to be tracked or you've disabled cookies. So Google Analytics can't track those users. So you have to assume that there's a certain portion of people who maybe have disabled cookies or don't want to be tracked, um, have said that they don't want to be tracked, and you're not going to be tracking those in those journeys in 
your Google Analytics account. It's actually a, a common, um, one of the common reasons why, say, a Google AdWords click is different to a Google Ads visit in Analytics. So, you know, if there's discrepancy in like a click versus uh, a user or a visit, that can be why it's one of the reasons why visits tend to be lower than clicks recorded in ad interfaces. But the way the guidelines and how it is now is that whenever you go to a site, you should have an option to um, choose not to be tracked. And so as there are more options for users now, and that's a little bit more um, clear and direct um, as it was before, um, it means that you know there's a higher likelihood that people will opt out of being tracked than before, um, and I think there was a recent report there that was done which showed that even this year, um, I think it was in the Irish Times, but twelve percent of websites um, had cookie banners that were compliant with GDPR. So it is an important part to, to think of because Google Analytics works off cookies, but essentially you shouldn't be tracking anyone that comes to your site unless they have clicked to accept that they're willing to be tracked. But I always say to people as well, you know, I wouldn't get too caught up either in thinking that, well, you know, I'm only tracking a certain percentage of my um, traffic. So, you know, it, it makes the data invalid. Even if you're paying for Google Analytics 360 product, which mm -hmm. um, can cost a lot of money compared to the free version, mm -hmm. um, you still don't get, you're still not going to be able to track a user and get them to accept to enable cookies. Um, so it's, it's a common thing across you know, nearly every tracking platform. It's not just specific to Google Analytics, but it is something that you need to consider. First of all, that you have to accept that you're not able to track everyone and not everyone that comes to your site will be visible in Google Analytics. Um, and second of all, you need to be operating within the GDPR guidelines and not tracking anyone through Google Analytics or not firing any cookies unless a user has actually said that they're okay with that. Pretty good. There you go. No more cookies for you, Philip. No, not at all. <laughs> no, no, Do you think you're, we have time for one last question? Um, I, I think we're kind of coming to the end, unfortunately. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. We may yeah. we may have to get you back on again, Javon. Definitely. There's, yeah. there's a few things we have to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. so I will take my cue from my my long suffering co-host to to say sorry. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, it's been um, yeah, it's been great actually. You it's know, been real in depth real. view on Google Analytics and analytics in general. Which, so I think everybody will go away with a, a refreshed perspective on it to mm. respect the data, as they say. Mm -hmm. Would you agree, Mer? I think so. Definitely. Definitely. You know, I mean, it, it is such a, a broad um, topic and there's so much. Um, I mean, I, I only know sort of an overview of it. I, I wouldn't be able to answer half the questions that Joanne did. So it's brilliant, Joanne, that you come on and, and give us all a better insight, you know. Yeah, no worries. Uh, thanks for the invite. And yeah, it was a pleasure to take part in it. And uh, your website is, is glowmetrics.com, is it? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. 
Brilliant. Well, Joanne, listen, thank you again for joining us. And all I have to say now is if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and to the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on Dublin South FM's website. Uh, so please download and subscribe. And until next Friday at 2 p.m., I have been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer, Social Media Management and Strategy. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. And we'll see you next time for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Thank you.